It's best if you don't reach out. The unexceptional late 30s male against COVID-19, genital herpes, and $18 an hour employment. For more adventures, visit my website, bestifyoudon't.com. I try to move on. Part 41. I answer a paramedic's night call. Sometime after Melody's final text, which I never answered, I came home from work and laid on the floor to sob. Just a full-on ugly cry. I was sort of impressed since I couldn't remember the last time I cried and had been beginning to think I might be a sociopath. No, I think most of us non-baby boomers who can't get anywhere in the United States despite doing everything right in regards to college and career are just dead inside. But after learning from the source that Melody moved on from me in an instant and my life was once again joyless and terrible, I collapsed into the fetal position and cried my eyes out. I was happy for Melody. I didn't want her to suffer, but despondent that nothing wonderful ever works out for me long term. I received a single text message while blubbering on the floor, but didn't look at my phone until I had no tears left to cry. Eventually, I glanced and saw that the half-Mexican, half-Iranian woman ten years younger than me, who had been texting me half-heartedly since we matched on the dating app, had asked, "'What you doing?' Farah lived in a different town that was 90 minutes away from me, but worked as an EMT linked to a hospital right by where I lived. She worked a grueling night shift three nights a week and then had four days off. Obviously, I thought she was gorgeous when we matched, but her inconsistent texts were consistent with the behavior of the most punishingly beautiful women on the dating app. They'll match with me, but the conversation will peter out and die almost immediately. I was surprised Farah revived a dead conversation and answered her inquiry about what I was doing with a simple comment that I was home this night about to drink a beer and go to bed. She wrote back that she would come join me for a movie or even half a movie if I needed to get to bed, but that she wouldn't be drinking because she needed to be ready to pick up her kid from the baby daddy in the morning. By now in my life, I didn't let random women I'd never met in person before come over to my apartment for the first meeting, but I had literally just been a pathetic puddle of depression. I sent Farah my address and composed myself a bit. My face was puffy from crying, so I splashed cold water and also drank some. I decided to put on a pair of boxer shorts and a tank top since that was what I would be sleeping in and waited nervously for this sexy stranger to knock on my door. But she didn't knock. Instead, the stream of, okay, I can't find your complex, ugh, and my phone is about to die while I'm lost, text started piling up. I called her and got her voicemail with no rings. Well, I thought, that was weird, but predictable. I cracked open the beer I wasn't going to drink until I had company and turned down my cover so I could climb into bed before too long. Except a final, I think I'm here, text rolled in, so I stood in my doorway until I saw a curvaceous EMT dressed in black leggings and a tight black top coming up my stairs. I greeted Farah but she rather shoved past me and found an outlet to plug in her phone. She plopped down on my couch as something recently added to one of the streaming channels advertised itself on my TV and asked, Is this what we're watching? I sat next to her, said we could look for something good, and sipped my beer. Farah talked a mile a minute, 
I was happy to have bubbly company in stark contrast to how I was feeling, and also happy that I didn't have to entertain. If she just wanted to unload her thoughts while her phone charged and then leave, I would have been perfectly fulfilled. She stopped many of her stories in the middle of the plot to check her phone over in its little corner of my apartment before returning to the couch and starting a completely new story based on whatever random friend's text she just read. I figured I had nothing to lose and took Farah's hand while she was speed talking. She gently squeezed my hand back and never missed a beat sharing her story. When she wrapped up what she was saying, she commented on us holding hands and teased, Look at you making a move. I smiled and shrugged and started kissing her. She kissed back for a while, then stifled a little laugh and added, Now you're kissing me too? Farrah told me she thought I was too inexperienced with women to try anything because of how much I told her about catching pocket monsters. She said she lost interest in our conversations since they were mostly screenshots from my mobile game accomplishments. While Farah and I kissed on my couch, my steel beam of an erection freed itself from the fabric fly flap of my boxer shorts and made itself known. God damn, shouted Farah, you've got a boner just from a minute of kissing me? Are we going to have sex? I said, that depends. Do you have genital herpes? And she clapped back, why the fuck would I have genital herpes? Good enough for me. I removed her clothes, and yep, those were two pierced nipples, the little barbell kinds. As soon as I entered her, I felt the sensation that I was about to come. The realization hit me that I had been making out with Melody for so long, but stopping short of actually doing anything due to my fear of genital herpes, that I was tightly wound and ready for release. I asked Farah if I could finish inside of her, and she gave her blessing. I apologized for how quickly that nonsense had unfolded and resolved, and she said she didn't care and that she didn't think she'd be having sex tonight at all. I didn't need long before another steel beam of an erection appeared, and this time I was able to fuck Farah as long as she wanted and in multiple positions. When we finally finished fucking, I asked again if she thought she had genital herpes, and she responded with annoyance. Why do you think I have genital herpes? I get free STD tests at work. I apologized again and asked if she wanted to meet up for a meal later in the week, and she raised an eyebrow as if I missed the social contract for tonight. To her, this was just a hookup and we weren't going to ever go on any dates. I asked if we were ever going to have sex again, and she said sex again was within the realm of possibility, and she did enjoy herself. She also said not to be offended if she never called. When I got dressed to try and walk her to her car, she stopped me at the top of my apartment stairs and said this is where we kissed goodnight. I never heard from Farah again, but thank God for her. I could look around my little brick apartment again without seeing lingering signs of Melody's ghost. It's best if you don't reach out. The unexceptional late 30s male against COVID-19, genital herpes, and $18 an hour employment. For more adventures, visit my website, Best if you don't dot com.